Welcome, everyone, to Bonus 64. This is the Patreon-exclusive show where we are talking about games that are not on the Nintendo 64. And today we have a very special one for you because we are joined by two of our superstar-tier patrons who are going to help us talk about a little game called House of the Dead Overkill. But firstly, my name is Steve Guntling. Hi, I'm big-breasted stripper Woody Siskowski. <laughs> I can vouch for this. Yes. <laughs> uh, who is joining us all the way from the land of the rising sun? Um, well, if we're going for name equivalents, and if one of the characters is Washington, and I guess the Australian equivalent would be, I am Canberra. Canberra! There you go. Wow. That was a long road to walk to get there. But hey, you got that. And I'm BT Calloway. Don't ask what the BT stands for. <laughs> hey, uh, BT, um, what, what, is, what does the BT stand for? Big Turtle. Oh, there it is. Okay. Breath. Big Turtle Calloway. Breathtaking. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. Obviously, they are not coming here from Japan. They are calling in from Australia, and we are very excited to have the co-hosts of the Simpsons Index podcast and Throne of Games and a whole bunch of other awesome podcasts that you should 100% check out. Uh, so as as uh, superstar tier patrons on our Patreon, these guys get to choose a game for us to play and then get to join us to talk about it. Guys, yeah, you guys chose... the pleasure of talking to us about <laughs> stupid shit. Yes, yes. Uh, so you guys chose House of the Dead Overkill. Please tell us, why did you choose this awesome gross as, game? Aside from the fact that you are men of refinement and taste. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, as... Refined men, we love awesome gross stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, I and mean, this is this is a game that's always just stuck in my heart for having so much personality. It's all well, I'm sure we'll get into it. Has its glitches, it has, has has its problems, but this is just so much in the presentation of just the style of it, the soundtrack, the attitude behind it, and it's something I just don't think I've seen since, which is shocking. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember the first house that we were living in together. We played so much. <laughs> it was much a house of the dead. And- <laughs> it was full of zombies, <laughs> mutants, and um, you know, it made it hard to you would go and yeah. try to cook your lean cuisine and then you just get jumped by a bunch of mutants on your way just to the microwave. big, big frog problem yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. And then one day, Elliot was just like, hey, how about we pitch this as a video game? And the rest <laughs> was history. <laughs> well, I, for one, am very glad you guys chose this game because uh, we have mm. not had a chance to talk about light gun shooters on this show. Ooh, boy. Which is weird because I think Woody and I are both fairly obsessed with light yeah, gun I love, shooters. I love light like, gun shooters. You know, but there's mm-hmm. there's not a lot of them on the N64. Not the a lot. The last one we played that came close was this shitty, not quite a helicopter game called Knife Edge. Oh, right. Yeah, uh, yeah, Knife yeah. Edge nose gun yeah, it's infamously bad. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, w- yeah. it was that, and it... Yeah, the, it the brownest been, game I ever did see. Yeah, yeah. it would have been a bad <laughs> light gun game, but it was bad without a light gun. So we were excited to get some Wiimotes in our hand and blast mm. some... Blast some mutants away. Absolutely, They're not technically zombies. What What <laughs> no. is your guys's? Uh, no, don't say the Z word. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what's your guys' light gun history? Like, are you light gun fans in general, or just this game? Oh, I still actually remember uh, going over to family friend's house who had uh, the nest with Duck Hunt mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. having my mind blown <laughs> away from that. I think that was my first. What about you, Beach? Oh man, I was an, an, an arcade fanatic for these. Yeah. I played everything, so. You know, Virtual Cop and, uh, you know, mm. Time Crisis is... Um, <laughs> time also, Crisis like, stuff, is... W- weirder <laughs> stuff like Carnival or the oh, Alien yeah. 3, the gun, which gave you the, the mm, enormous weapon yeah. that just vibrated so much your hands would tingle for an hour. Oh, that was good that. times. That was that was a $1 <laughs> well spent for the that, five oh, minutes yeah. you get to play that game. That one got me through puberty, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. It shook you until you were a man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like a yeah, but, lot... Sorry, I feel like a lot of people sort of are light gun experience at least at home sort of began and ended at duck hunt yeah um mm-hmm. yeah because 
as fun as these games are, there's kind of a lot of rigmarole to set them up, and that gets even worse in the age that we live in now. Um, and sorry, yeah. I think I cut you off earlier, BT. And I was just going to talk about, um, you know, we used to have uh, birthday parties at the local arcades, and you could like, you would just get infinite credits nice. for an hour. Yeah, and I would just spend the entire time playing like Alien Three. Oh, that's mm. amazing! Oh, that's such a good value, by the way. I would just say it's my birthday <laughs> every day, and just say, okay, <laughs> let me just play this until I've beaten Alien Three. Um, I'm pretty sure that yeah. the parents paid for that party, Steve. I don't think they just give you <laughs> unlimited credits for it being your birthday. Wait a minute. You don't have to pay for your own birthday parties like I did? Oh, oh yeah. Six-year-old Steve is like, is, he, is this enough? <laughs> My wages from the mine have come in. Please, tokens, Mr. Cheese. Please give me yeah. tokens. Please, sir. Please, sir, I want some more tokens. Mr. Charles Entertainment Cheese, please give me my coins. <laughs> middle name is for entitlement. <laughs> well, uh, Maybe if I just look sad enough next to the Alien 3 console, someone will buy give me credits. credits. I swear to God, I think we already covered this on the Simpsons Index episode, but I used to do that shit. I used to look sad in front of like the glass case of video games until some like generous millionaire took pity on me, and it never happened. <laughs> But I nope, the generous millionaire just uh, took you and put you to work in the mines. He, he did, yeah, you know, and I guess what? Number one diamond guy. That's me. I, I got the most. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the history of light gun shooters because they kind of predate most arcade games yeah. uh, in pretty much every way. So, like, we had shooting gallery games going back to, like, the early 1920s, you know, that actually used little pellets and stuff like that. Uh, by the 1930s, they realized, well, these maybe aren't terribly safe <laughs> to have, like, projectiles <laughs> flying around, bouncing off Yeah, but they put that little, that little short chain on it so you couldn't turn it the you other couldn't way turn to shoot it. at you your sister. At the very least, you have to ricochet it, like, yeah, to really exactly. get her in the eye. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, by the 1930s, they developed some light sensor technology, and so they kind of uh, uh, integrated that. That's uh, like where you go to the Western Saloon and you shoot the uh, guy on the piano in the butt, and then he starts playing the mm -hmm. piano. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Those are still fun. I like those. Those are great. Yeah, yeah. and you can usually see like the little flash of light on like a mannequin, you know, and it's just kind of responding to certain parts. They're real goofy, but they can be pretty fun. Uh, so, I mean, most video most most like home consoles have had some kind of light gun peripheral. Starting with the very first home console, the Magnavox Odyssey in 1973, mm -hmm. they had a light gun peripheral oh. on that. Uh, and then, of course, it hit really like maximum penetration culturally with Duck Hunt in 1985 when that yeah. was released. What's included with the NES, right? Included with the NES. One of the ways that Nintendo was actually able to sell the NES, because at this point, the video game market had crashed. Nobody wanted to invest in video games at all. So they had to sell this as a toy. That's why they packaged the NES with Rob the Robot and this mm -hmm. uh, light gun, this the, the NES Zapper. And in which, the legacy, Rob the Robot is non-functional. Yes. And the Zapper is still a decent product. Like, yeah. if you want to get very yeah. nitpicky about it, it's not tremendously accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But considering yeah. that you just have, you just plug it into the controller slot, like, it works pretty well. And that I think that the the springs bouncing back in, inside, you can feel the springs and the mm -hmm. feedback. Like, it's a very iconic, like, sense memory, I think, yeah. of holding the Zapper. I'd I'll do like that pitch. It's like, hey, it's not a home console. No, no, no. This comes with a gun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, for kids. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, the funny thing is, yeah. uh, we booted this game up a few years ago and we discovered this thing that you can't play Duck Hunt on modern TVs anymore. No. You need the. You need the CRTs because it's the refresh of the flash or something. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's, it's, it's a whole legacy that I have 
many, many a girlfriend has bemoaned my urge to keep holding on to a CRT TV. Yeah. And they're like, you, you need to get rid of this thing. This thing is so heavy. It just takes up space. And I'm like, but how how am I going to play Time Crisis on my PS1? It's true. And that's why I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Oh, my God. The PS1 ones. Yeah. Oh, point break. Oh. Yeah. Oh, point blank. Point, point blank. Point blank. Although, point blank. Starring Burton Ernie and Keanu Reeves. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's... The light gun ga- genre is perhaps on its way out or is in a strange place, and that is because HDTVs cannot play most light gun games for your NES, your PS1, anything that uses that technology. Um, you know, the Wii and the PS Move, which mm. is what we played House of the Dead on, uh, the Wii, mm-hmm. um, do get around that, but they're not... They're, I think it all peaked in the PS1 era. Um, yeah. The Sega Saturn, PS1, those guns are very accurate, very comfortable, yep. and a lot of very good games with them. Well, that's the thing. I think, uh, I think was, the... What was on the Saturn? Um, the ha- original House of the Dead actually oh, yeah, yeah. is only mm-hmm. on the Saturn. Crypt Killer's um, on there, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. Beloved yeah. Crypt Beloved Killer. Crypt killer. Um, <laughs> Virtua Cop 1 and 2 yeah. um, are, oh, are, yeah. would be the big ones. Yeah, I, I would say those were the really big ones. I mean, NES had a couple that were like popular. Like I mean, Hogan's Duck Hunt is and, like... Yeah. By far the best oh, light gun game on NES. Like Hogan's Alley, you'll play for five minutes and you're like, you'll get bored. Is, yeah. You'll get real bored. Duck Hunt had three modes, all pretty good, and a lot more character. Like Hogan's Alley just has those shitty card. They're yeah. cardboard cutouts. There are specifically cardboard <laughs> yeah. cutouts. Operation Wolf was pretty fun with the uh, with the light gun on okay. the NES, but they had it was better in the arcade because it had like a literal Uzi like mounted to this nice. <laughs> grody looking arcade wow. cabinet. Uh, so yeah, you know the the genre was still pretty popular on home consoles and it had kind of a resurgence of arcade popularity in the mid nineties because you got games like house of the dead in 1996 and 1995 saw the release of uh, time crisis, which I think is still the biggest selling mm-hmm. like a series sure. and uh, area 51 came out that same year, which I've never uh, seen an arcade yeah. without that machine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Virtual cop same year. And then we had a little bit, like, we had a, a a break in light gun games after Columbine happened in 1999. Like, people, suddenly it wasn't that fun to sell toys that look like guns. Yeah, fair. Uh, and, but we got a weird kind of renaissance for the genre on the Wii because it I makes mean, it was perfect built sense into the for system. It. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it absolutely makes sense. You didn't have to sense. buy an additional peripheral. There are some good ones on the Wii. You know, there's like, yeah, besides the one we're talking about today, there's like the Dead Space Extraction is mm-hmm. quite a good light gun game. There's yeah. Two, oh, yeah. There's two Resident Evil Both games. Both of those are great. Yeah, yeah. The Even the Lynx crossbow training, like the little free uh, mm-hmm. Zelda tie-in, that thing was fun. There's also weird, like, re-releases of old FMV games um, by Digital Leisure. <laughs> right. Like uh, the Mad Dog McCree or play a weird one called, like, Fast Draw Showdown. Um, those are unplayable. Yeah, but yeah. they're pretty funny <laughs> pretty in their funny. own goofiness. I do think like part of the resurgence you were talking about with Area 51 does have to do with sort of the advent of FMV video. Yeah. Or I guess FMV video is redundant, but Oh yeah. Yeah. The, it's it's like the ATM machine. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the same uh, example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, because it, it it was sort of the simplest way to allow someone to interact with a game. Yeah. And there's some really early um, cowboy game by Nintendo that I don't remember that I the Wild Gunman? No, like it's really early. It's from like the 70s where they have like actual like uh, real to real video playing. Oh, I don't know about you, this. you shoot at the screen. Um, sorry, that's... that's a, <laughs> there's a thing once with a name and yeah, yeah. it's significant somehow. <laughs> that's that's the hmm. kind of quality info you come to Ultra 64 It's, it's to true, it's true. <laughs> Do we... Does, does everyone have like a favorite light gun game? 
oh man, this one has been dominating my mind. Yeah. But now that yeah, mentioned Point Blank, yeah, yep. yeah. yes, <laughs> Point Blank was good. That game that I adored that I totally remembered the name <laughs> of. Yeah, uh, Time Crisis Two in the arcade with the pedal. Yeah, yeah. and I want to do, do give a special shout out to um, Carn Evil. Carn Evil, yeah, with that shotgun. It had a, it, yeah, yeah, it had a, it had a light, uh, life bar, which instead of like you know a life segment, so it wasn't just hits; it was like how much damage you could take from each enemy itself. Yeah, and also the gun was metal, and that was brutal on the arm after mm. about ten minutes. I imagine <laughs> that that is a game that has a very big differentiate between the amount that it sticks in people's mind because I just I can totally mm. visualize the carnival. Carn evil yeah. cabinet yeah. and like the evil clown up there and the way the game looks. I think I might have played that for five minutes, but like it's totally cemented in my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, well, it's a design that sticks in your brain. I actually want to give a dishonorable mention. I think Silent Hill made one and it was right. total garbage. Yeah. Because you didn't actually have to shoot to reload, you just held down the trigger. Mm. I remember playing with a friend once, and we were just chatting while not even paying attention and just pulling the trigger constantly. And also, like, well, that's you don't I... think Silent Hill is synonymous with shooting. Like, it's a game where you need no. to avoid no. shooting as much as possible. So why make it a nonstop shooting game? Yeah, but it was one of those arcade games that had, you know, the black curtain around it so the kiddies couldn't see. Oh, yeah. Oh, Tantalizing wow. curtain. I did not know and that you those played existed. The game, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mortal Kombat was like the biggest curtained game. Wow. I think that's this, what they call it. I wonder if this is an Australia thing. I, yeah. I, I, well, I know. I'm wondering this. about now. Like, Australia is definitely. definitely stricter about, like, uh, censoring video mm. games, right? Like, than, than we are here. Yeah, we didn't have an R rating for a long time, which meant a lot of games couldn't fit in with our yeah. ratings uh, system mm. to actually be released. And, yeah, it wasn't until, like, God, so many years. Like, it. Uh, I think it was like only 2010 that we finally mm. got it. Yeah, like, like that. It was embarrassingly late. So does that yeah. mean that anything that would have been rated R would either have to be cut to sort of the equivalent of PG-13 yep. or it just wouldn't get released at all? Cut and wouldn't released. And even then we've got like our R rating is pretty strict. Like the South Park games were heavily censored. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And like Grand Theft Auto was like banned outright, wasn't it? Um, From certain retailers, oh, but okay. it made the... It made the R rating, but the funny thing that was the recent one was Katana Zero. Huh. That got uh, that got refused class- yeah. classification. Really? Briefly, though, there was a thing because uh, one of the stipulations, even now, even with the R rating, is you can't promote drug use as being positive. Oh. So if you get a positive attack effect from taking a drug so it's like uh, Fallout has stim packs yeah. whereas originally they were called morphine okay. and that was changed because of Australia Wow. Um, whereas Katana, Katana Zero has you know the, you can take the drug that slows down time right. and it, it, does it, just drive, it does drive you it, your character insane yeah. though yeah. so I'm not yeah. sure they're well, really it selling was, it it was less of a ban, more of a delay while they the board checked out the game and actually saw what the drug effect use was before they uh, approved and, it. Yeah. I like to imagine so- there's this like up, uptight, stuffy gentleman on the uh, ratings board who's like, I'm really enjoying this sort of 16-bit throwback that Katana Zero is offering. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. See, that's a funny use. thing because there's like, yeah, games like Saints Row and Manhunt or whatever where you'd go, okay, you probably need to look over that sure. one. But mm. yeah, freaking Katana Zero, man. Like <laughs> That seems... Pretty harmless, like yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about this game a little bit. And we'll game go into is a little bit. Not harmless. Oh no, I don't no. know. I mean, uh, this <laughs> one. Let me tell you. I wish I was wearing pearls so I could be clutching them because I am <laughs> yeah. offended. Uh, House of the Dead Overkill was released February tenth, two thousand nine. It was developed by Headstrong Games and published by Sega, and it was also released on PS three. And there was a version of it that went on iOS a few years ago, which hmm. we'll talk about. 
Uh, so Headstrong Games, they were founded in 2000. Their original name was Kuju London. And as you can tell, they were based out of London, Ontario, Canada. Uh, no, they're London, England. Um, their first game was an adaptation of the 2002 film Reign of Fire, which, despite being a movie oh, wow. about tanks fighting dragons, is the only film to date to put me to sleep in the theaters. No. Reign of Fire. Wow. I fell asleep. Oh, wow. I, fell, I woke up and uh, Matthew McConaughey was trying to chop one of the dragons in the face with a fire axe, and then I went back to bed. Things with dra- all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Things with dragons, dragons surprisingly boring. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. You, 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 they seem. You see a picture of a dragon, you're like, that looks awesome. Yeah, and then like mm-hmm. it starts like, and you're like, okay, I've lost interest in this. Yeah, <laughs> like you ever see Dragon Slayer from the early '80s? That movie's a snooze. Yeah, yeah. 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 Or the one where uh, Sean Connery's a talking dragon. Oh, I, I won't hear you uh, say a bad dragon word about hot. Dragonheart. My my <laughs> a my talking dragon. Thirteen thirteen year old me's favorite movie yeah. for a, for a, quite a while. <laughs> Uh, so no Aragon fans in the house? No Aragon <laughs> fans in the house, unfortunately. Uh, all right, so this company, uh, they they got a nice bump from Nintendo when they were hired to develop the Battalion Wars games mm. in the GameCube, which were like the 3D spiritual successors to the Advance Wars series. Uh, have, they, you, have you guys played any of those? I haven't played they the Battalion Wars. much no. less good. I don't know. Yeah. Like, because I love Advance Wars, but I've never seen the drive to play it on a home console. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't, I, I didn't feel the same way about that one. I don't know. I didn't feel the need to yeah. seek them out. Uh, so the company uh. <laughs> changed their name to Headstrong in 2008 in time to make this game. Uh, aside from mm-hmm. Overkill, the company is probably best known for the Art Academy series, which is uh, uh, a series oh. of educational drawing games. Uh, <laughs> there's a version on like I think the Wii that has like its own little drawing pad peripheral that oh, you cute. use. Uh, but it, they weren't huge sellers. They went under in 2017. Uh, so yeah, the U-Draw pad, I remember that. Yeah, I really yeah. want to see the crossover between House of the Dead and U-Draw. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, that's the it's thing. art. Motherfucking <laughs> art. The crazy well, thing I'm- about the House of the Dead series to me is that it's got this rich second life as an educational tool. Like, yeah. which is just kind of a ridiculous thing. So House of the Dead is a series. It debuted in 1996. Huge success. Mm-hmm. There are six main series games that came out in the arcade. But then they kind of spun out after that. Like, one of their biggest, like, side sellers was Typing of the Dead for the Dreamcast. Yeah. And that also came out in arcades, where it just replaces oh, the gun. I didn't know there was an arcade version. There, I, played it, I, I played it in Tokyo. Yeah, it was That's amazing. Awesome. I don't know if there was ever one released here. but Wow. Uh I mean, yeah, Typing of the so, Dead, yeah. it's incredibly fun. Have you guys played Typing of the Dead? No, I only discovered it this morning when I was just doing a quick bit of rating oh. uh, leading up, and I was like, Beach, have you seen this? <laughs> typing like, of the Dead Overkill, yes. Oh, and, man. Oh, I, typing I, of the Dead Overkill I was really tempted. Wonderful. Yeah. I think it's like 30 bucks on Steam at the there's, moment. Oh, yeah. I was really tempted. There's two of them. I'm not going to lie. There's one that's a reskin of type of House of the Dead 2 for Dreamcast, and then there's Typing of the mm-hmm. Dead full Overkill, yeah. which is a reskin of this. Yeah. Game. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, like, finding out that there's a Typing of the Dead, like, arcade game, the idea of trying to type accurately while people are watching is giving me just... <laughs> oh, yeah. The idea is giving me anxiety. I literally got fired from a job because of that. Really? Yeah, like, I was doing, like, shipping, um, shipping for a local company here, and the supervisors would look over my shoulder to make sure I was typing in addresses correctly. Oh, my God. And it's very hard to type in addresses correctly with somebody looking over your shoulder. That's horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. That would stress, that's stressing so me out. Add to think zombies about it. to that. Yeah. Yeah. 
It, it is. See, I think this is the new eSport. Yeah. <laughs> like ex- extreme Mavis Beacon. I will That's say. That's kind of what it feels like, and it's amazing. I think that Typing of the Dead is my mom's favorite video game. Really? Yeah. Oh, so gosh. It, she, Your mom rules so much. I, I, have, I have taken a lot of effort to get my mom into various types of video games, and that was the one that has stuck the best, and the one that she beats... She can beat me, get a higher score than me pretty consistently. I mean, it, it's it's a fun way to learn a practical skill. Or I don't know. Or if you're already good at it. Or if you're already it, good at it. It feels natural and successful. Stay sharp, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And uh, even uh, in Japan, uh, players over there got a DS game called English of the Dead, where you use House of the Dead motifs to teach you English, which is great. Wow. Like, who? I don't know whose idea at Sega was just like, you know what would be a great way to teach people stuff? Zombies exploding, you know. Let's let's mm-hmm. let's turn these into edutainment games. Well, that I think transitions into something I want to talk about, which I think is interesting with this game because the House of the Dead series has always been like fairly tongue in cheek. Yeah, like yeah. it's always mm-hmm. been. The early games were sort of characterized by real shitty voice acting mm-hmm. and just sort of yeah. like. like it's hard to know like what part of that was intentional in the first game. Like the first game had terrible voice acting, and sure. then the second game they're like, "Oh, people like the terrible voice acting. Let's keep doing it." Um, <laughs> and then they sort of get these big, over-the-top stories. But all of the other games in sort of the main House of the Dead series, the characters are sort of playing it very straight. Yeah, and the humor mm. is like, "This is a crazy situation," and it's all—it's kind of like. Unin- it's it, it's they know that it's a little cheesy, but it's unintentionally cheesy. Like, yeah, they're yeah. the characters are not aware of the cheesiness, and I feel like the reason that House of the Dead Overkill is sort of a spinoff mm. as opposed to like House of the Dead Six or whatever. Yeah, is that this game has character? The the aesthetic of this is like we know that this is the dumbest shit ever, and yeah. the characters know that this <laughs> is the dumbest shit ever, and like it's just sort of a very. It's like sort they, of they found a medium that embraces that, you know. They found this this grindhouse mm-hmm. kind of aesthetic. That's like, yeah, the the point of it yeah. is to be as shitty and gross, right? As but it, it's 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 like the 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 main House of the Dead games are kind of like the shitty movies that this is kind of making fun of. This is like the Tarantino sort of homage to those things, right? Um, For sure. Which I think works well. Yeah. It, it, but it also takes a while for me. The first time I played this, it took a while for me to figure that out. Yeah. Because when you. Oh, really? Yeah. When you, well, when you boot up this game, like the sort of initial loading screen is just like video of a stripper. Yeah. And she's just kind of. <laughs> she's, she's, got, she's got guns. Like, yeah, sure. She's, I mean, multiple yeah. places. Yeah. Um, in all the ways. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Which, she's got guns. She this knows was how to a race. Yeah, this was a recent discovery for me. I didn't actually know this happened because I'm your classic. I want to skip through all the fucking menus yeah. and just get straight to the game sort of people. We are that- just so diametrically opposed sometimes. <laughs> I will watch every intro cutscene <laughs> because that might be like important tonal information. And in this case, I got to see Boo. Yeah. See, that's, so who, that's who's winning now, Elliot. That's the thing. Me, I, the bigger fool, I suppose. I feel like for me, I'm always skipping House of the Dead cutscenes in particular because I want to get to the shooting and I know ultimately sure. this story doesn't really matter like what is the mm. plot of house of the dead mad scientist un- turns out zombies you have to shoot them yeah yep. that, that's it that's all you need to know but this game actually really does want you to stick around with the story i mean this yeah this essentially turns into like a story about male friendship yeah and to god <laughs> like that is the theme that they come back to consistently is like 
these two guys who have very different personalities sort of come together at the end and develop a begrudging respect for each other. And in the middle, there's a bunch of gross, weird shit. Yeah. Um, yep. But I, it's just not open at the beginning because, like, again, I see this sort of stripper brandishing a bunch of guns and I'm not sure, like, how to take this. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is... <laughs> I don't know what I've walked into here. And yeah. I think it takes a while because let's talk about your characters here. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're Agent G. Yeah, who's kind of like your soft. I think you mean yeah. Go ahead. I think you mean Agent G. Agent G. <laughs> yeah. Who is a yeah. character from other House of the Dead games? Like he is the main guy you play in. I think two and five and one. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. And we never. This is a prequel to those games, I believe. It is. Yeah. This mm-hmm. takes place seven years before the first game, so it's in 1991. And he's he's a super boring character. He's your Tommy Lee Jones type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He's just a mysterious, straight-laced uh, FBI mm-hmm. agent with sunglasses. And um, w- w- Isaac Washington yeah. is your other character. And this is another, like, you first get introduced to him, and I think the first line of dialogue in this game <laughs> is, you motherfucker. Right. Which, again, is, is very telling to the kind of game it is, and you start it, and you're like, uh, what is this? And Yeah. I, yeah, Isaac Washington is a very clear homage to a black exploitation mm-hmm. character. And it's weird like, that it works. It works here, and uh, we've played yeah. other games on the N sixty four, even like Die Katana, where they try to use this black exploitation like uh, stereotype, and it just it comes off so completely tone deaf, uh, tone deaf, <laughs> tone deaf. Uh, I, I don't know. I think there's just there there's a there's an affection behind this game. Yeah. I think that helps kind of make this more palatable, and also it's like. Yeah. He's not really stereotypical himself, but like some of the phrases and like the way he talks are kind of yeah. of the. He's got era. some great lines in there oh, that yeah. are not your stereotypical macho. He's like, "So fucking what if I manicure?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Because he, he uses it to say these kind of ridiculous things. But uh, I do, I do think it takes yeah. a while to sort of get there and figure out what this character is. Because the first level, you're sort of drawn to this. What is Papa's house of pain? Yeah, you're gonna go fight mm, yeah. this this sort of evil scientist named Papa Caesar, mm. and you're going through this haunted house. And just all the dialogue in this first level is just motherfucker this or motherfucker that. Yeah. And again, I, I don't, I didn't realize at this point that it was kind of that that was the joke. Right. Right. Because mm. there there are plenty of games out there where just like they're gonna have a character who swears a lot and like they're not gonna comment on it. They're just gonna use it to try and be edgy. Yeah. And it, yeah. that that's what's tricky. That's the tricky balance that this game pulls off. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's especially surprising considering. This started out as a Wii game. Yeah. <laughs> this was for the Nintendo Wii. Yeah. And at one point, it held the world record for the most F-bombs in a single video game. It did, game. which yeah. is amazing. Like, it eventually got beaten yeah. in that by Mafia 2. But Mafia 2 is like a 40-hour game, and this is a five-hour <laughs> game at most. So they're very yeah. economical with their fucks, uh, but, which is, like, always great. I don't know. It's. Uh, did anybody see the movie of House of the Dead that they released? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, oh my god. The movie that's so bad. The film that gave us Uwe Boll. He. Uh, oh, that this, was his directorial. Uh, debut. This was his directorial. Well, I don't know if it was directorial debut, but it was his first American release, and it was his first video game movie. Uh, to be entirely fair, he's done maybe ten movies now. He has yet to actually direct anything. That's true. Yeah. Oh. He's he's uh, financed <laughs> stuff with Nazi gold, or however he's saying it. But he's uh, uh, he's made movies in the you know in the same way that people take a dump in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh so, God, I had no idea this existed. This uh, it's so it's, it's not even fun. Bad. No, it is just no. Bad. Well, this was uh, 2003, and it's kind of one mm. of those movies that, like, 
It cost ten million to make, and it made like thirteen million. So it was just because it had it had a brand. It had a brand. It was just yep. successful enough to allow Uwe Boll to keep making movies, and he kept buying Damn up it. cheap properties <laughs> that nobody cared about. Uh, but there are actually two sequels to this. Weirdly, I've seen both of them because I, I did a deep dive on video game movies. <laughs> House of the Dead Two went direct to video, and then the third one was uh, wound up being retitled Dead and Deader because they lost their licensing. Mm. And that stars uh, Dean Cain, <laughs> and it's real bad. I mean, Dean Cain is in a zombie movie. He is, yeah. It was God, it, it's called God's Undead. <laughs> <laughs> Dead and Deader. It sounds like they were going for the Dumb and Dumber right. parody. Yeah, and you would never guess that it's like a House of the Dead. Anything. I don't know. I just thought we should talk yeah. about the movie since we're talking about kind of a movie style. Like yeah. the style of this yeah. game is kind of built. I think they were capitalizing a bit on the hype of uh, Grindhouse, which was the Quentin Tarantino Robert Rodriguez movie. The whole intro is very very reminiscent of uh robert rodriguez as part of planet terror absolutely yeah. the it that even movie, has so. i think through most of this game there's actually like scratched film sort of stock effects mm-hmm. yeah. on, not even just in the yeah. cutscene, like in game itself and i do these movies that like sort of robert that movie grindhouse is sort of parodying or being an homage to do these movies actually exist because i consider yeah. myself like oh, a yeah. Con- yeah. connoisseur of weird trash and i've never quite seen this sort of grindhouse movie, like, yeah. well, this is also like the you know exploitation. Any like uh, the exploitation, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So many movies. times, like, I try to watch like these weird exploitation movies, like Astro Zombies or something. Yeah, and I'm like, this is just yeah. super boring. It's no, like you, the- you got to do yeah. you got you honestly got to do Ozploitation, okay. uh, Road Games, mm-hmm. uh, uh, fucking. What else? God, I'm blanking. Do you guys have Ozploitation? Oh, uh, Alvin, Alvin Purple. And Razorback. Razorback. Yeah. Razorback's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Like, is that a term yeah. that people in Australia use to refer to your own exploitation movies? Well, it's a very specific part in, uh, God, was it the 70s, I think, where mm. um, the Australian film industry got a lot of funding from the government at the time, and ever since then, the arts uh, sector has been undervalued. Oh, wow. Yep. <laughs> You're saying they ruined yeah. it for everyone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was, well, it was a period where we had, like, a big flood and glut of movies, so mm. there was probably too much out there, but then, yeah, like... Um, that prime minister was like ousted, and the conservative government since then, yeah, just worked on not having that happen for our okay. arts industry. Having no fun. I mean, like in, so, in sorry to come on your podcast a bitch about the Australian no, arts no, no, industry. No, 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 we do that all the time on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's yeah. Just yeah. Australians. Yeah. yeah, every time, every time. <laughs> you guys are gonna get angry iTunes reviews from the prime minister. <laughs> I mean, over over but, in the UK where uh, this game was made, weirdly. Uh, they really? these movies weren't mm. released in theaters, so they they were they wound up being called video nasties because mm. they would only ever be uh, yeah. released in video stores. That's like so through, British, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I always love that title, and so it's like movies like Necromantic or things that are too gross yeah. to, you know, be released elsewhere. Uh, was that were these movies heavily censored like in Australia as well? Because if if they're a little strict on games, they must be strict on you know they call me one eye or something, you know. Not movies, no. no. Surprisingly, no, no, no. movies we're we're all about it. We're all go for it. In fact, <laughs> right? um, majority of things, uh, our rating system is slightly different. So I can't remember how it works on the US, but like the US R is usually an Australian M or MA. Oh so. wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I think it's one of those things with video games. You know, uh, especially you know back when Doom and all that were in the courts. It's like 
they still had the frame that, you know, video games are intended for children sure. and not for adults. So, you know. Whereas movies are always thought about, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's adults, intended so. for adults. Yeah. Adults are going to love this movie about. Detective Pikachu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about the gameplay in this game a little bit. Because, I mean, if, if you're at least passingly familiar with the series, you have an idea what to expect. You point at the screen, you pull a trigger, you shoot things. It's never mm-hmm. that much more complicated than that. But this one is unique because Overkill is the first House of the Dead game that was released, developed as a console yeah. exclusive. It has no arcade mm-hmm. counterpart. So a lot of the things that were held over from the arcades are gone. So firstly, uh, you don't need to worry about infinite continues. Like you, you, or you, you don't have to worry about limited continues, rather. You yeah. can keep continuing yeah. as long as you sacrifice like your point uh, score. Yeah. Which, In, who cares? I mean, I have, but the points. I have dug through. I've played a lot of light gun games, always trying to dig for ones that sort of strike the right balance. And one thing that's always tricky is so many of them, like trying to play Time Crisis or the other House of the Dead games, which are just arcade ports. You have to play through them in one sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no, mm-hmm. there's no save functionality, and you just, you sort of just lose interest by then. They, they, sure, they yeah. never quite find a way to mix it up. And this one, because it is designed around a console, the structure just makes so much more sense. Yeah. Like, it's divided, I think, into six levels. Yeah. Um, each mm-hmm. one is made... I do feel like the levels are a little long in this game, but each one is maybe 10 minutes, yeah. um, including the boss. Um, and it's just... It's enough to be like, yes, I can go in, I can play, I can blast things and have a good time, and then I can come do it again in a couple days. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's no it actually feels like a complete game. So many yeah. light gun games are just like, oh, you get the arcade experience at home and you're like playing a 30 minute arcade game in the arcade feels yeah. like a very long game. Yeah. But playing it at home, yeah. you're kind of just like, oh, that was it. I just spent forty five dollars <laughs> on House of the Dead on <laughs> Dreamcast. OK, great. I guess I'll play through House of the Dead again. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's kind of all you can do. <laughs> well, well, no, that's a great point, and I think this is why this was such a big game for like the couch co-op nights in our house yeah. is because um, it is so designed for that, and yeah, it's so the entertainment value is so trashy that mm. it totally begs for you to sit around in a big group and take turns with the gun and drink and laugh at all the wacky yeah. shit happening. Oh, 100%. That's what's great about light gun games. You can have the gun in one hand and a beer in the other. <laughs> there you go. Or exactly. if you're a super nerd like me, you can have a gun in each hand and there play you by yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I did that as well. Yeah, Don't okay, worry. good. I, I was, I'm so embarrassed that like someone will walk in while I'm doing that, and I'll be like, no, no, I wasn't playing a light gun game with a gun in each hand. You're afraid like, of them seeing you look totally badass yeah, i don't know what you're yeah, so worried about yeah. i don't know I know. only the coolest guys and hold when you and you when you're entering in the high scores for player one and two it's the classic me and evil me yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um the other thing that i like about this game a lot is that continue system because other games like time crisis for the ps1 had this is they'll start you with sort of a default amount of continues most, mostly mm-hmm. it's far too low to actually get through the game. Yeah. And each time you die, they'll like add a continue for your next playthrough. Um, and then it becomes sort of too easy. So they never quite find that right balance. This one, whenever you, you do have, whenever you die, they just take away like half your points. Right. Um, mm, so yeah. you can essentially, no matter your skill level at this game, no matter who you play it with, you can make it through the story. Yeah, definitely. Um, but if you want to get better at it and play for score... Um, like you don't want to die. Right. And you're rewarded yeah. 
with money in the game. Not, not like actual money. Like the Wii doesn't like start spitting <laughs> out $50. Like an ATM dues. machine. Yeah, ah. exactly. Call, comedy callback. <laughs> there it is. of Steve Guntley. And there's actually like an in-game gun shop yeah. where you can mm-hmm. go and it's kind of like the merchant uh, from Resident Evil 4. He asks you, what, what, what are you, you buying? buying? And... Um, <laughs> You, there's a shotgun, SMG, like hand cannon, and you can also upgrade their recoil, attack speed, and damage. That's another big thing in this game is that it lets you customize your loadout at the beginning, uh, which other House of the Dead games, you know, you're just kind of stuck with whatever gun you have, mm-hmm. and occasionally you'll find power-ups along the well, way. Well, that was sort of the gimmick for the other house, like the later House of the Dead games. Like three, you used a shotgun, yeah, and five, you yeah. have an SMG, um, oh. but... Again, you're just using that gun the whole time. Whereas yeah. in Overkill, you mm. can switch between two guns, and they're they're well balanced. Like the shotgun is like definitely deals more damage than the handgun, yeah. but it fires slower, and you have to reload it sooner. Mm. And you generally like the handgun is what you're going to use most of the time, and it works pretty well. Yeah, but y'all well, y'all were able to balance. Yeah, y'all y'all yeah, were able to unlock say. the auto shotgun what? the other day, right? You were texting me that, yeah, that you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. See, that's what. Well, well, yeah, because that—that's the thing that I found in all my playthroughs of this game is that the automatic shotgun, fully loaded, is the one that you mm, want. It, like, it you essentially wanna... breaks the game. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Like we were doing a playthrough again uh, on the first level with the auto shotgun fully upgraded, and the final boss maybe took ten seconds. Oh yeah. wow. Okay. I did not know. How did you guys make enough money? Because that isn't a difficulty I have with this game. Is mm. like. A new gun costs was- like six grand, and I'll beat a level, and they'll be like, here's 250 bucks. <laughs> and you're like, uh, okay. Yeah, we were able to get the auto shotgun from like zero. I think it was in the fourth level that mm. we were able to finally afford that. Um, you not bu- yeah, it also has this- buy anything there until this- that? Yeah, mm. minor upgrades on the yeah. handgun just to de- deal with the recoil. But I yeah. do remember back when I was originally playing this and trying to get a hundred percent completion. A big problem is if you get on the leaderboard, you get uh, a bonus to your uh, cash income. But the problem is if you, uh, it's hard to explain. If you you have to like uh, if you can't incrementally be- get there, yeah, because like you, it, you have you to get, beat you, yourself, right? Yeah. yeah, so if you top the leaderboard once, and then you're basically locked out of... If you beat that score again, it, it doesn't... Uh, I can't explain this properly, but it doesn't get you on there as well. Again, yeah. you have to constantly either constantly do better or always just slightly worse than yourself. Okay, weird. Yeah, uh, but then, like, talking about the gameplay, your cash uh, goes up with, you know, um, better accuracy and better... Um, more headshots and oh, yeah, that's, uh, better combos that's and stuff. A, let's talk about uh, the combos real quick. So mm-hmm. each time... yeah, Hell yeah. Each time you shoot this game describes them as mutants is it can you why do you think yep. that this game decided we're not going to call them zombies we're going to call them mutants it's just like a weird point my, that the characters bring up yeah my only guess is maybe the original house of the dead specifically called the mutants and so this being a prequel they're like zombies uh, 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 that's not what we call them oh i thought that was just like the zombie media tradition that you never call them it zombies. is maybe. right yeah that comes up multiple times that like I think it's just because the words sound silly, you know, but like any Not any, like mutants, which sounds super cool. Right. Like any monster yeah. any monster movie, everyone wants to avoid calling the monster a monster, you know. It's not a werewolf. What are you talking about? It's just a hairy guy. <laughs> it's a lycanthrope. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah, it's this weird thing in the world of zombie movies, zombie movies don't exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, because yeah, otherwise everyone would just know what to expect. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. so anyway, each time you kill a mutant, you get one little crosshair bullet hole on your combo meter. And I think it's each time mm-hmm. you kill five, you sort of go up a combo yep. level, and it goes from extreme yep. violence to like 
do I don't talk hardcore yeah, violence. violence and then yeah. psych- ultra violence <laughs> psychotic and then <laughs> gorgasm <laughs> I also noticed I was playing uh, one of the mini games and I hit enough in a row and my combo just turned into a waving American flag did yeah. it really when, oh you did get the, you what, got the gorgasm okay. when you hit gorgasm <laughs> did, and, I, yeah. and I was saying to Elliot what I really love about this is how excited the announcer sounds for you yeah. it's like oh dude you did it you got the gorgasm oh wow <laughs> I'm so proud of you champ oh your first gorgasm yeah. does this does this turn into an American flag when you play this in the PAL region yeah <laughs> <laughs> they did they didn't they didn't localize I, I do that. like the idea that like the British version goes oh jolly good because <laughs> <laughs> that's right. the thing out Crumpet Our versions gasm. of video games are usually trickled down from, yeah, either the UK or European release. Yeah, right. so. <laughs> I mean, really, who else is going to be celebrating like massive gun death rather than America? You know, there's nowhere <laughs> that, else it's going to work. That's true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and yeah, if it was in Australia, it'd just be <laughs> a sweeping legislation <laughs> banned in 1995 because it's we're true. smarter than Americans. Yeah. Yes. Um, so did these uh, combos just sort of increase your overall score, right? Like each each zombie that you yeah. kill with a higher combo um, gives yeah. you, and if you get hit or miss a shot, yeah. you lose this combo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's why I think the weapons are kind of imbalanced in this game because, like, yeah, it is fun to mix it up with the SMG or the machine gun or whatever, but then that's distracting from your yeah, accuracy and combos like, and stuff. The SMG kind of sucks. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, the other thing that I think is interesting about light gun games and i is they they seem meaningfully less fun to me when you play with a crosshair mm. um which i think okay. is just mm. a, a strange aspect of um design like when i play point blank or point blank or uh time crisis mm-hmm. you play without a crosshair because those guns are super accurate when you play yeah. on the wii or the ps3 somehow these this technology never quite got as accurate um, so you know, it's a good point because I remember they brought out Duck Hunt on the Wii Virtual Console, mm-hmm. and it wasn't as fun. And yeah, maybe that's it because you had the crosshair and it was a little bit easier. Well, yeah, once mm-hmm. you to me, you just kind of get lazy with the crosshair. You kind of just sit back. You're like, yeah, yeah. there's some zombies, whatever. Yeah. Bam, bam, bam. You're just kind of yeah. looking around. You're it's just kind of barely moving your wrist yeah. as opposed to like actively yeah. aiming and shooting. It's still, yeah. I mean, it's it's fun yeah. with the group, you know, with a beer in one hand mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it does make it a little less engaging. And you can turn the crosshair off in this, which I like hmm. a lot. Except, okay. again, oh. the gun is just not quite as accurate as I want it to be. No. Um, and did you... Yeah, I would say... So I would say a benefit to you know, co-op as well with, with having a crosshair is you kind of get a sense of what the other person is aiming for so yeah. you don't mess up each other's combos well, yeah. or whatever. There's a benefit there. Yeah. Do you guys have but, uh, the... Yeah, uh, do you guys play with like the little plastic peripherals to actually cradle the gun, like to make it the Wiimote look like a oh, handgun? Yeah. You mean the AMS hand cannon, cannon, the best peripheral ever made? Whoa. Yes, I did. You, you, this one is exclusive to your to uh, PAL regions, actually. I was looking that up. Really? From the uh, the Bang oh, Bang wow. box, which is like the special edition House of the Dead Overkill. Uh, yeah, that was only yeah. available in Europe and Australia, so we never got that. Oh, wow. I'm Missing out. I am, I am so jealous. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing, it's, it's, like, the difference. The, the, these Wii peripherals got have gotten a lot of flack because there were so many mm. weird ones that got released, like, with Wii yeah. Sports. There's one that's, like, looked like a tiny golf club. Yeah. You, like, put in, you go to Goodwill, <laughs> and the bins are just filled with these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like yeah. There's one that looks You're like not- a bowling ball. Oh, but it's amazing the <laughs> difference that it makes having the little plastic gun holder. Somehow, yeah. 
when you're playing a light so what gun, ones were you using we, i have the the nyko top shot i think it's called and it, they just look like little right. handguns they they hold it there they work fine yeah. um but it's weird when you play these wii games without one of those you just feel like you're just like sitting on the couch Watch it, changing the channel. You're like, yeah, there's a zombie. I don't yeah, want to yeah. watch that. Yeah. Uh, there's home improvement. I don't want to watch that. There's, yep. there's Mike and Molly. I'll shoot that one too. Yeah. Um, but it's, and then when you actually have the gun, you're like, yeah, I'm a badass. I'm killing all these zombies. Yeah. Yeah, it's right. much more engaging. Yep. Yeah, it brings you into the world it's a little just bit better. It's weird for like a oh, plastic totally, crater. because. Cradle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you'd saying about the mini golf club, there was like even a handful of like light gun shooting games for the Wii that mm-hmm. would come with these shitty gun controllers. But these ones, like the weighting is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you put the Wii out in the front, and it's weighted so you can actually spin it around your finger. It's actually linked oh. in game because it has uh, the AMS logo, which is the uh, agency the, the Agent G belongs to. Yeah. It's written on the side of the gun. So yeah, I'm really stunned this wasn't yeah. a US I'm, I'm, release I am, as well. I am actually very jealous. I'm, I'm getting yeah. on eBay. I'm tracking one of these down because they sound amazing. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. you also tried it with the Zapper last night as well, and yeah. said that was pretty good. Yeah, the Wii Zapper is much more comfortable and probably good for accuracy, huh? but it just doesn't feel as fun. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't know. I never really liked that Wii. I don't like the way that know. thing feels. Yeah, like, it, it, it doesn't mm. have. Yeah, you need that sort of handgun. I don't know. It's weird. I'm not like a gun guy. Like I'm no. very. I feel I'm very generally creeped out by guns. Yeah, but like I will yeah. admit Same. that like holding light guns is a lot of fun and I, like you know yeah we can we can uh, uh compartmentalize when we're shooting digital zombies yeah. a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's not the harsh reality of an actual thing that can kill a human it's just a fun peripheral and it feels satisfying yeah and this is why carmageddon 64 was the best in the carmageddon franchise <laughs> easily <because> yourself. <laughs> easily i mean far and away i mean if you want to see slow wedges bumping slowly into things that's that's the way to go they're not bumping into wedges that look like humans. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Spared. Yeah, but they don't look like anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. The way that game looks. Um, so yeah. you go, you you play as G in Washington, and you're sort of, I think the second level is a sw- Like, the first level, this game, like, deliberately pushes a lot of buttons. Like, oh, yeah. The first boss of the first level is this wheelchair-bound sort of perhaps mentally deficient uh he's like a, he's a stephen hawking type he's like he's physically yeah. Yeah. disabled yeah, mentally, uh, but like brilliant mentally is uh, brilliant yeah, okay yeah, yeah. so the opposite of deficient yeah, yeah but yeah. um he is he is the brother of this other character named varla varla guns um, varla gun who is as you know just picture somebody named varla guns yeah you're there you, you there <laughs> um, and you know she wants agent g to come rescue her brother and then the brother gets injected by the serum which the brother is the one who created the serum. Oh, like okay. Papa, Papa Caesar kidnapped him, forced him to create this serum, and then he yeah. injects himself. Just, but yeah. Just to give everyone a real picture, Vala Guns is introduced as a howling hellcat, hum- humping a hot steel heart. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is she a stripper too? Or is it Yo, just she is striper? definitely a stripper. Like all the women in this game are strippers. Yes. Yeah, okay, just, just making sure I'm caught up. Yep. Yeah. You got Doesn't it. Doesn't Washington even like point reference to this that this is a very like not a feminist yes, game yeah, that, later that, on? They, that's we we will get there because the ending of this game <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> yeah. This game has a fantastic ending, and that's it, you know, it took me, like I said, it took me a long time to sort of get a handle on what the tone of this game was. And mm. it was literally the last cutscene that was like, I was like, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Okay, you've convinced <laughs> me, game. It's, I'm, it's very... I'm still really, really surprised at that. Because for me, it was like that film game opening and it had like the various, you know, shots like a production company kind of logos yeah. and 
the music and even the like the painted uh, kind of movie poster for Papa's House of Pain. Yeah, I, g- I was like, okay, I know exactly what I'm in I, for. I now. guess what Look I me mean up. is like. It took a while. I, I get that what they were paying homage to, but like so many of mm-hmm. the aspects of this game are so deliberately designed to kind of be offensive. Because yeah. again, this yeah. sort of this Definitely. wheelchair-bound guy gets injected with this serum and sort of gets all weird and mutated, and then is sort of psych- psychomanticing uh, furniture at you. Right. Sort of the first boss. Yeah. And again, there's just so much swearing. It's so button pushy. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's got that it, South Park kind of thing where it's yeah, just kind of intentionally where, like, trying it, to push It's not clear to me, like, are you doing this for a purpose or are you right. just trying to be edgy? And then at the end, you're like, oh, it's kind of a little of both. Like, you yeah. you, 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 you knew what you were doing and that was kind of the point. Right. Um, mm. So, I don't know. Yeah, it also, like, really reminds me of the trauma movies, yes. you know, like, Toxic Avenger yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, which is like, it, it's it's just kind of gleeful in the way that it kind of, pushes bad taste a little bit yeah. you know it's it's just it's yeah. clearly they're having fun they're not trying to hurt anybody but they are kind of trying to get a little reaction out of you mm-hmm. and i think this being on the wii like you guys said perfectly like the wii <laughs> was the family friendly system of the era you know so to have this extremely hard r game with all these like swears and like violence was kind of controversial yeah. over here for a little bit yeah and i i don't mm-hmm. know i don't the, the middle of this game kind of all blends together that is one thing that i do think is a slight weakness to this game the environments mm. do feel like they blend in with each other. Yeah, They're like a, bit. a haunted house, a swamp, Muse- a, a, a bunker, hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's all kind of stuff yeah. you've seen in other horror I, games. I wanted more. Yeah, and they do hold, they do hold all of their major plot points right for the end as yeah, well. Yeah, I wanted some more bright, like brightly colored outdoor environments. Some of the other House of the Dead games have a little more of that. Oh yeah, this game is so dark. Yeah, I think the whole point is yeah, it all takes place over one night. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Right. Let me murder something in the desert. It's a little, it's a little <laughs> muddy, you know. And if you're playing on the Wii, expect it to look like a Wii game, you know, for for better mm. or worse. Like you get some flappy ventriloquist mouth on some of the figures <laughs> in the cutscenes. Uh, yeah. But it, well, see, this is what I was wondering: is how much of these glitches are intentional? Because you do see like a lot of definite glitches that were intentionally put in there. Yeah, there's a great bit where like Papa slaps the um, guy in the wheelchair, and his glasses come off, and in yeah. the next frame, his glasses are on again. Which <laughs> like, yeah, which I feel which like- could 100 percent be like a reference. It could be an intentional thing of like the bad continuity yeah. and rushed editing or it those could movies. be they just they just couldn't be bothered modeling a one without the glasses but i, I like to take it as intentional they actually mm. take a uh, gag straight from quentin tarantino's death proof at the end of this game mm. where like you're getting uh, gearing up for a big climactic moment and then it says missing real <laughs> our apologies yeah and then when it cuts back the big moment is over well yeah let's let i mean i don't so really good. remember that much from the middle of this game honestly yeah, um, yeah. Mm. so let's just jump to the end basically you, it's revealed that this main villain, um, I already forgot his name again. Papa Caesar. No, it's no. not Papa Caesar. Uh, no, no. It's uh, Darling. No, Darling? Yeah. Warden Clement Darling, who has one of the best villain introductions ever when he shows up to the prison and has this long speech about needing to take a piss. <laughs> <laughs> um, you got, you made me piss on my leg. Now people are going to think I'm the pers- type person. Type of man inclined to piss himself. <laughs> <laughs> what if I have to meet someone other than you, gentlemen, tonight? <laughs> so gross. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty so good impression. <laughs> Um, so he he, kidna- he kidnaps Varla, and you 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 work your way through this bunker, and it's sort of there's history of like oh where this serum was developed, it was like the secret government project, yeah. dumb bullshit like yep. that, um, and yeah. then it's revealed that he switched. <laughs> trigger warning for this next part because it's just weird and gross yeah. I don't know like he switched Varla's br- 
brain and body with that of his aging mother, yeah. who he was clearly yep. having an incestuous relationship with. As, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so then there's scenes of him making out with Varla, who has his mother's brain. Like sticking out of the back of her open skull. It's yeah. A nice touch. Yeah. And then yep. you put, then sort of Varla falls in this pit and emerges as this giant fleshy, I don't even know how to describe She's it. She's just like this giant lumpy thing with these big swinging pendulous breasts. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, and it's uh, as classy as it sounds. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then there yeah. is this hilarious scene where you think you're about to fight the last boss and uh, then yeah. they say, well, let's do it. And then it says, real missing. Yeah, yeah. And then the next scene is yeah. them walking out of the bunker being like, we don't know how we got out of that one. <laughs> Thank God we found these mini guns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so amazing. It, it like, is amazing. It's I, it's like uh, the bloopers in Toy Story 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's just a great like little wink at, you know, they. It, this game fully understands what it's doing. This is... Homage mm-hmm. and reference, and it's not like yeah. And I think what he, what you were kind of saying is that like you see these kind of tropes in other games where it's taken at face value just yeah. because it's poorly written, yeah. you know. And this isn't the case. I think this is a very sharp game. But you have the thing is you have to sort of know that it's sharp before yeah. you are willing to appreciate the irony. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I mean the game does have its cake and eat it too because the you know the final boss you're like oh she wasn't really dead and now you're fighting her out in the parking lot. Yeah, she comes a, back, yeah, which is a more interesting all. environment yeah. than deep in the bunker yeah um and then yeah and then the end of this game um your your main antagonist who has caused all this problems and things like this is rewarded by returning to the womb yes and yes <laughs> yeah just, just that crawling back inside his monster yeah. the way it sounds yep yep, yep. and you you uh, agent washington and agent g escape with varla's brain in a jar just like the end of tammy and the t-rex <laughs> sure um and then they engage in a very funny conversation about their friendship and agent washington is mm-hmm. trying to analyze the feminist aspects of the game which again was a conversation i really liked yep um and yeah. yeah, and then it all kind of comes to an end, and they're like, you know, maybe we can be friends. Maybe as toxic masculinity has prevented us from really sharing our true friendship with one another, and they both emerge better, more fully formed men in touch with their feelings. Yeah, yeah. it's well, even before the prison uh, mission, Washington has a good back and forth where he's like, "Look, I know you have my back. I just don't say that kind of thing." Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and I love Agent Jake going. You don't mean what you say. You literally saw a motherfucker, and you did not call him a motherfucker <laughs> once. It's his term of endearment. He's not yeah. going to call anyone a motherfucker who he doesn't actually yeah. like. Yeah, they need to. They need to earn that distinction. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. A little. What a wild fucking. It's, it's so a wild. It's a crazy. It's, so it's a crazy ending, and I don't know if I've ever seen a game that goes that far. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a very deep cut for a game that I'm pretty convinced I'm the only person in the world who has played. Okay. There's a Dreamcast game called D2, which is the sequel to D, uh, and <laughs> which is the sequel the to Mighty C. Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> and it, the, the final boss fight in that game is with uh, a gigantic vagina with teeth. Like, not even ambiguously, wow. it is a it is a large monster woman who tries to tentacle you into her uh, vagina. That is lined with teeth. So okay, well, I, I will, will say I've seen that before. Sounds like we're discussing playlist. all the ed- influences of uh, Edmund McMillan. Is that the guy's <laughs> yeah. name? Oh, yeah, Binding yeah. of Isaac guy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that man, is yeah. his name. It's uh, so I don't know. Uh, I think we need more well, vagina 
killing game. I, 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 don't, I, don't I, mean, I, I don't know where I'm coming down on this. I, I mean, I would say like it's it's a game that does an impressive thing. Like it really presses, goes in a lot of tasteless ways, but is consistent in mm. its tone and sort of. Yeah, I was going to say, it does it with such mirth yeah. that I don't even think... If, if I've seen anything take uh, that much of extreme, they're doing it in a very tonally serious way, like that mm. piece of shit game that came out, Agony, that was all like, oh, look how fucked up these you know demon designs right. are, and they're all very uh, yonic in terms of design. Yeah. And uh, then it's this, this one, which has that, it just doesn't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, yep, there it is, it's insane, let's go for yeah. it. Yeah, it's just trying to be as uh, boundary-pushing as possible, which, I don't know, it just makes it so much fun. It's like... You can't you can't call it good old fashioned wholesome fun, but it's definitely like it's it's fun for like a prurient night with uh, with some like minded friends. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I I I don't. Yeah, I think that this game is just. I think this is the most fully featured light gun game that there is. Yeah, like hmm. um, there's so on a home I, console for yeah yeah. yeah well, for again, sure. like I said, so many of them are just ports, and you just play through them once, and then mm. they might have a little remix mode. It's worth adding once you play through the main game. There is an additional yep. mode called the Director's Cut, yeah, um, which is very accurate as to what it sounds like. It's basically the same game, but the levels are all expanded decent size. I would say each one is maybe a third of the length longer, yeah, um, which mm-hmm. is not something I appreciate. Like I said, or I do you, feel you like, like them short. Yeah. I do, I do like them short, and I it's not like they're adding a bunch of content that you're really excited that really adds something to no, it. It's no. just like you're, the hallways are longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're like, yeah, I get the, the vibe. <laughs> I, I do think that that would go a long way to improve this game is adding a few more environments or different interactions or different, like some sort of like, oh, you're yeah. on a roller coaster and you're shooting at things or something like that. I mean, I but, really would have wanted a proper sequel to this, and I don't know why we never, oh, we yeah. never got mm. one. I'm not sure if this wasn't a big seller or what. I mean, it got a port over to ps3 a few years after this that yeah. let you have uh, ps move move uh abilities mm-hmm. and it worked with 3d tvs for that brief period that that was a thing uh <laughs> and then there was an wow there was an ios game called the lost reels which uh i never played it apparently it's like pretty terrible because i mean it's just a touch yeah. it's a, it's touchpad touch right? it's only three levels and you have to pay actual money to unlock guns oh. uh which is no. like no fuck that no yeah. no not not doing that. Doesn't sound fun. I mean, it's not on the store anymore, so it's just gone. But there was no follow up to this. We do have another House of the Dead game in arcades as of last year, uh, like House of the mm-hmm. Dead Six. So I mean, the series is still going. Um, Sega's expressed interest in continuing the series, so I don't think it's done yet. But I don't know if we're going to see a, a head uh, over Overkill Two. It's very unclear, sort of the future of light gun games on the home console, because sort of the last. This was sort of the last era where people made an effort to put in light gun games. Yeah. And um the the one like Time Crisis 4 came out and that had a gun included, but you needed to put like two sensors on the corner of your TV and then it was like yeah. a you know a $60 game or an $80 game because mm-hmm. it came with the gun and you it was just an arcade port and it was not that good. Yeah. Um so I don't know I don't know. It was just this was sort of the Wii fad and the Wii time and sort of the mm. Me Too. Wait, no. this is, this is <laughs> what? the Wii. The Wii Two. There you go. There we go. Where uh, the PS3, everyone wanted to tag along with this kind of motion control and s- sensing on the TV, but it's just not a technology that's very well integrated. No. Anymore. Yeah. Well, I feel like you could argue that VR is basically picking up where that that's left true. off. Because something yeah. like, you know, Half-Life Alex could be argued as being basically a light gun game. You're right. And I, I feel of. like I would really actually like VR games. And I 
want to make more of an effort to get into them. It just I don't oh, know how to break through that barrier. Yeah, I've still if never they made tried one. House of the Dead VR. Yeah, yeah. 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 If they made House of the Dead Overkill VR the sequel. I would buy <laughs> that shit tomorrow. Yeah, that would almost but be yeah, worth I'm, a headset right there. But yeah, I'm I, like I get real motion sick. I've only tried the PSVR. I haven't tried like Oculus yeah. or anything mm. like that. But yeah, it's a shame because I really want to experience Tetris effect like everyone oh, else. Oh yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that's about all we have to say on House of the Dead Overkill. Uh, you guys, thank you so, so much for being here. We always have so much fun podcasting with you guys. Uh, oh, that's all right. Uh, one final oh, yeah, thought, though, yeah. is that, yeah, like, um, I'd love a light gun game renaissance, but more than anything, like, I just don't know if there's any other of these video games that are trying to be B-movies, like... Yeah, that have that aesthetic and that vibe to them. I'm uh, trying to but, think, But, I mean, it's yeah. such a difficult thing to walk the line of between, yeah, parody, homage, and, you know, doing a loving tribute, yet also taking the piss. Like, it requires a lot of story for, uh, finesse that, yeah, games don't really ever get into. But yeah. I'd really like some more B games. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, have you tried I mean, Buck Bumble? A lot of video games now. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. I have. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, a lot of games, especially in this current era, are very serious. There's not many that really like enjoy taking the piss, and that's why I enjoyed. You know, I don't know if you ever played something like Lollipop Chainsaw. Oh, or I never like played that, it, but yeah, that's, you know, it's it's got its problems, but some of its upsides are. Here's a game full of color and pop songs in in an era where we had nothing but chest high walls and first person military shooters. I, and I mean, I yeah. think you're so, you're highlighting something that like I mean, I, again, that's something this game does particularly well because this kind of homage is hard to do well. Like your game needs to be really good to to support all this yeah. stuff for you to still be having fun. Like from what I understand of Lollipop Chainsaw or like games like Wet with uh, Elijah Dushku, yeah. which is kind of going for a similar aesthetic, like the gameplay just can't really keep up with the ideas. Like they, they had this aesthetic idea and then that just kind of stopped. Uh, and, and they mm. just didn't really follow through on it, but yeah, it's not in the tone. It's just in, in the, aesthetic. yeah. And I feel like well, yeah, Overkill I, integrates the tone with the gameplay very well. Like this is a game that is very mm. well suited to this style. Oh, definitely. And, you know, it doesn't always work. With, and, you know, we're talking about Planet Terror before, you know, the Quentin Tarantino uh, film that went with sure. that, The Death Proof, not a lot of people like that no. one. And Planet Terror, a lot of people like. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Hard balance to It hit. is. Absolutely. It's very hard. It's very hard. Well, thank you guys again for being here with us. Uh, please tell us where we can find all of your amazing stuff. All right. Um, well, yeah, I think the big thing we wanted to talk about is, yeah, the new podcast we've launched, Pulp Fury Radio. Yeah. Yes. So this is something where we've taken uh, basically the old school radio play style and we've just added a bunch of different pulp genres. So our first episode, it came from the bottom of the ocean, but also from space (laughs) is like a sci-fi horror schlocky B movie in of itself. Our second one that's out now, The Last Known Sighting of Irma Strauss, is a uh, kind of a murder mystery aboard a train. Uh, And the one coming up is Working Class Wizards, which is uh, kind of a loving homage slash parody of everything fantasy, Harry Potter, Dungeons and Dragons, the whole world. So are these Uh, like a lot of fun short play? Are they plays written by you guys, essentially? Long plays, (laughs) very long plays. (laughs) I have been editing like so much lately. (laughs) They are long. (laughs) No, they're um, about 40 minutes to an hour each one. And you all write them out? They're not like improvised or anything? Yeah, they're all scripted wow, and written out. We've got I'm actors, uh, Foley, sound effects. We have a yeah, lot of trouble got keeping some... this podcast going, and we just make up bullshit <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> but no, we put a lot of work into the production of this, mm. and yeah, got some amazing Sydney and, and some Adelaide-based actors to yep. help us out with this. And yeah, we've got yeah some amazing That sounds really cool. Will us. you tell me the name again? Pulp Fury Radio. Yeah. 
You can check us out on our socials at Pulp Fury Radio or PulpFuryRadio.com. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Um, but yeah, also, yeah, uh, Thrones of Game, where we're reviewing Game of Thrones backwards, and of course, The Simpsons Index, which, yeah, you guys have been on twice before. Yes, we have, yeah. Lots of fun on all of those shows. These, yeah, yeah. Tons of fun. We always love having yeah. you guys on, uh, and just, oh, like, thanks, man. talking some goofy nonsense, and, uh, it, it's always mm. very exciting. And there's no more goofy nonsense than House of the Dead Overkill. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right, we will let you all go. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We are Ultra 64 Podcast on all the different social media places. If you uh, if you want to be like our uh, Down Under friends here and get on to make us play a game and talk about it with us, um, there are still there's slots open there on are. that tier on the Patreon. Yeah. Um, be be awesome. Make us play. Uh, make us play another light gun game. Absolutely. Yes. It's uh, <laughs> or, or whatever you want. I don't know. Yeah, it's patreoncom ultra 64 pod We still have like three slots available there. So yeah, please go ahead, sign up for that, and we will play some games with you. Um, mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys again. We are gonna let you go here, uh, Wait, I, just, I just had like a huge deja vu loop. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we'll let you guys go. Whoa, wait, 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 wait! I just had like a huge deja vu loop. Anyway, we'll let you guys go. No, I'm gonna stop doing this. Okay. I'll keep going all night. Oh. Uh, <laughs> all right, everybody, motherfuckers. <laughs> Enjoy your goal, guys. <laughs> <laughs>